And I looked at her and I thought, you're lying. But I'm not going to say you're lying. I mean, can't turn around to an HRH and say they're lying. Because they always say, you know, the palaces could be a bit haunted. So it, and I've never run so fast back to my bedroom <laughs> in my life. Prince comes in, he's screaming at us. You're supposed to be guarding me. Hello and welcome to the Right Rule podcast with me, Emmy. And me, Andrea. In this very special episode, we're going to be looking back over the series to our favourite moments and most interesting insights, as well as some unheard tales from our fantastic guests. We've had royal press secretaries, authors, photographers and even Charles and Diana's very own chef. And we've heard countless stories. Andrea, tell me, do you have any highlights from the series? Ah, I'm such a royal fan and I've enjoyed every single interview I just want to say that but you know it's hard to choose you like Simon Cowell what there can only be one winner oh <laughs> tell us who's going through well it has to be John Stilwell oh yeah so former PA photographer and you know he was our very first guest and I think that's probably why because I was really excited he'd rarely done any interviews you know, when I did research for this episode, there wasn't much on there. So I felt like I had him for myself and I had all these questions to ask and I was getting incredible answers, just one after the other. So we spoke for him for over an hour and obviously one episode is an hour and, you know, with several guests, you know, we really had to cut down a lot. Um, You're really rubbing it in. Uh, well. Our, our listeners need to know that you weren't there for this interview, Emmy. Do you want to tell them why? No, I had COVID. <laughs> I had COVID and I had to miss it. Uh, you were quite jealous though when I told you about this, didn't, weren't you? All right, well, <laughs> fill me in then. So this is obviously a highlight okay, um, so in our, my absence. Yes. So what were, what were your favourite moments? Okay, so our first John? episode was about Christmas. And obviously he was a perfect choice because for nearly a decade, he photographed the late Queen whilst recording her Christmas message. How incredible is that? Do you realise... How incredible that is that you were one of the very few privileged people to witness the Queen recording her Christmas messages for nearly 10 years. I never realised it until you just said that. It, just, <laughs> it is quite strange, isn't it? I think I yeah. saw most of those being recorded. Live. You didn't have to wait for Christmas Day. I didn't have to wait for Christmas Day, <laughs> although I still watched it. But yeah. I say she's just one take. I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of actors yeah. can't do it in one take. Maybe they haven't got all that cure. I don't know. They're sitting down, yeah. but... Behind the scenes, there will be a group of maybe 15, 20 people with production team. So they'd have someone operating the auto cues, you know, cinematographer filming it. It was always the same person. So that was Peter Wilkinson. And she would just come in. Sometimes they would just have to adjust her hair or her makeup, adjust the seating fractionally. They'd get it right. They'd practice it with someone who stood in for the Queen beforehand. And then when she was ready, they'd, they'd record it. And it's all normally one take. Really, too. I did see one recording, and I thought the producer was a little bit like, I've got the Queen under my control, and he sort of asked her to do some sentence again. Oh, no. She said it was a bit mumbly. You know? Oh, you yeah. don't tell the Queen that her sentence is a bit mumbly. mumbly no. But there were plenty of moments that sadly never made the edit, like how much he prepared ahead of William and Kate's wedding to get the perfect kiss shot. The money shots. For the month... Leading up to a wedding, I spent every night indoors just staring at the telly, not blinking. And my wife said to me, what are you doing? I said, I'm practicing, not missing the <laughs> oh, no! shot. I was, losing, I was losing sleep. I was waking up thinking, you mustn't, mustn't relax for one minute. Anyone says anything to you, don't look away. Don't change lens, have it all set up. Come the big day, I was out uh, in the forecourt and they came onto the balcony. 
and I was watching. I, I was I had a very long lens, 600 mil, maybe converted to make it even longer. So I was really close in the front, looking through the cameras close. And I could see him say something like, "Shall we do it?" You may have something, and if you look at the video, he says something. Yeah, like that. shall we kiss? And then bang, I hit the button, and I get it perfectly. And uh, they kissed again, second time. Yeah. I missed that because I was mucking about <laughs> trying to put the picture on my laptop to send it to the office. Oh, that's amazing. One whole month of practising not blinking, his wife must have been freaked out. I would have, to be honest. But if you think that's amazing, wait till you hear about him getting in trouble with Prince Philip. I was doing Trooping of the Colour many years ago and there was a story about some British students who'd been kidnapped in Borneo, somewhere out in the Far East. That morning, I think it was that morning or the day before, they'd come back. They'd been released, four, these four students, backpacking in somewhere. And um, I got a phone call during Troop in the Car saying, they want you to go in the palace. The four students that have been released are going to meet the Duke of Edinburgh. I'm wearing jeans and a sort of a raincoat. Oh, no. Now, you would always go in this sh- suit, shirt and tie, yeah. looking smart, at your, as you had to. And I go into this room with a duke and these four students and uh, I take two pictures. He goes, that's enough, you got it now. That's it. Oh, wow. End of story. Not a great picture, not a great story, really. I couldn't pose them up, couldn't do anything. The Monday, following Troop of Colour, is the garter ceremony at Windsor. And uh, I'm waiting to do the garter ceremony. My boss phoned me up, Martin Keaton. He said, we had the palace on. Inappropriately dressed on Saturday. And I said, oh, I said Martin, I was doing Troop of Colour. I didn't know he was going to do that. It's come out of the blue. He said, I know you. He said, but they've just said, you know, you're not allowed to go in there again dressed like that. <gasps> the Duke of Edinburgh had complained. It did occur to me when I got the phone call, I thought, the next time I go and photograph him, I'll wear flip-flops and Bermuda shorts. Yeah. But that instantly went Rally to, him. <laughs> nah, that won't work. That's not a good career move. I'd hate to get in trouble with Prince Philip. I think he'd be, like, not angry, but disappointed, you know? Well, knowing what we know about the late Duke of Edinburgh, he probably was a bit angry, to be fair. So, I mean... What's your favourite moment from the season? I really loved Dickie Arbiter. Oh, the former press secretary to the Queen. Yes, uh, I thought he was so fantastic. I want to have cheese and wine around his house. <laughs> I mean, the day that we spoke to him, he's he's 82 years old. He was going horse riding after our chat and what a life. Like, he told us some amazing stories. Um, one of my favourites being when he actually caught Diana in a lie. <gasps> Oh, yes. She pretended she didn't know anything about Andrew Morton's book. And of course, we knew that she did. Have a listen. I remember on the the occasion that Andrew Morton's book was published. Prior to that, we were in Budapest. I went in the day in advance. The day of the visit, while she was still flying from the UK, I had a, a briefing. And all the press were interested in, has Diana helped the Andrew Morton book? I said, I haven't got a clue. Right. But, but I'll ask her. Um... And they still hammered on. I said, look, just leave it with me. I will ask her. I will give you an answer uh, before the actual engagement starts. So she arrives at the hosp- uh, at, at Pato Institute. She goes into a retiring room, touch up her makeup and her, and her hair. Uh, and I went in and I said, ma'am, um, the media want to know, have you helped with Andrew Morton's book? Because it's coming up very soon. And she looked at me with daggers and she said, no, I have not. How dare you ask me that sort of question? And I looked at her and I thought, you're lying. But I'm not going to say you're lying. I mean, can't turn around to an HRH and say they're lying. And I went out to the media and said, look, I've asked her. And she said no. So a few weeks later, this is May, 
I think it was the first or the second weekend of May in the Sunday Times was the first serialization. I went to Charing Cross Station to buy the first editions of the Sunday Times. They usually drop about 10 o'clock the night before on the, on the Saturday. And I picked up the paper and I read it. I thought, oh, dear God, what have we got here? And she phoned me at five o'clock in the morning. What do I do? I said, ma'am, you've already done it. She said, yes, but what do I do? I said, well, firstly, you don't go out this today. Mm -hmm. You don't answer the telephone. You don't do anything. The best thing you can do, watch television. And if you're really desperate, pour yourself a slug, slug of whiskey. But do not go out. Do not answer the telephone for the next two days. You've got an engagement on Tuesday. I will be there with you, but have no contact with anybody, which he didn't. Did she ever no. apologise for telling you how dare you no. ask? No, no. Of course, we heard all about this straight from the horse's mouth as we spoke to Andrew Morton in episode two about writing the best-selling book with Diana. And surprisingly, he admitted that like the whole world, he was really shocked by some of the information she told him. Like everybody else in the royal circuit, I believe that the, the, the prince and princess of Wales would eventually become the king and queen, despite their difficulties. And so for me, listening to that first tape recording in a a cafe in North London, in Ryslip. It was like entering, walking through a wardrobe in Narnia, or like entering a parallel universe, to be told these things about a woman called Camilla, never heard of her, about this illness called bulimia, never heard of it, about all these other things that were going on in her life, this kind of snapshot. It, it left me re reeling, and, uh, and I defy anybody not to be absolutely stunned by it, and I was. God, she did have... A hard time of things, didn't she? She did, but what's so lovely is so many of our guests have such fun memories of her. That reminds me of another interview you missed, Emmy. Oh, yeah. You were skiing. How very royal. <laughs> is that in Closters? No, <laughs> not quite that fancy. So for episode six, we sat down with royal author Rob Jobson and he told us all about a very surprising sauna sesh with Diana. I'd been in a... A pool in what was the Craig and Derek. All of a sudden, all the photographers were outside the window, and I went into the sauna. And then Diana joined me in the sauna. It's just me and her. So, oh my wow. God. Hang on, stop, no, wait, I've never stop, 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 stop. There. I've not heard this story before. I need to. I need to first of all, what were you wearing in the sauna? Just a pair of trunks and a towel. So I was a lot slimmer and better looking then. So I, I you know, I thought this was fun. And then when I saw chap. in Pakistan, I said we met and chatted, and I said, so we'd met before. I said, yes. You look different with your clothes on. So it was quite a funny. <laughs> and she laughed and giggled and flirted, which was her way, you know. That was, was very... So was yeah. she wearing a bathing suit or a bikini? Yeah, she had a swimming costume on, but and then she had a towel around her head and a towel around her waist. Um, oh, my God. And she kept putting her head to the, the side all the time, you know, and smiling. I thought she had amazing eyes. That's all I remember thinking, because I'm going to get in serious trouble here. I can't believe we haven't dedicated an episode to Diana yet. It's definitely in the works. So many guests have shared amazing stories about her, so we'll definitely be doing an episode in the future. We particularly loved the memories that her former private chef, Caroline Robb, shared. Oh, like when she was interviewed for her job by Diana. Can you imagine? She was amazing. I was waiting in the kitchen with her with the chefs um, for the interview, and she came into the kitchen and picked me up, and we walked back to her study. And one of the first things she said to me was, I don't think I'm very good at interviews, but I'm sure you must have a lot of questions for me. And oh. instantly I thought, this is fine. This is going to be okay. But I think that was one of the things she did best, wasn't it? Was was putting people at ease. 
How was she as a boss? Oh, she was lovely. Yeah, really lovely. Always, it was always fun. The, the room always lit up when she walked into it. And she was very easy to cook for and always incredibly grateful. I've got a lovely box full of lovely little notes from her. On occasions, if dinner was late or she'd been out on an engagement and then arrived back a bit late, she'd always write a note apologising that she'd kept me waiting or... No, she was, she was just lovely. It was so thoughtful that she'd leave notes for her. I'd love to, I'd love to have a rummage. Now, there was a recurrent question that we kept asking our guests and it was about royal gifts. Caroline gave us a beautiful answer for that. I've got a beautiful tray that has one of the paintings that... His Royal Highness had done. So, you know, he's an amazing watercolour yeah. artist. Wow. So had that on, some lovely glasses, some little coffee cups in the style of the, the high grove sort of pottery, um, ceramics, china. Um, so lovely things like that. Beautiful silver photo frame. So very special that. and personal. Oh, I love that. Uh, Dickie was less enthusiastic. <laughs> yeah. Did you get anything? I couldn't possibly answer that. <laughs> Well, never mind what the royals gift. I found it interesting to find out what the royal family actually receive. And Elsa Anderson, former press secretary to the Queen, has a great story about a particularly memorable gift that the Queen was once given. I remember the Queen did this amazing visit to Oman. So the Sultan of Oman, a hugely wealthy um, uh, place. And there was the, sort of the, the gift unveiling right at the beginning. And the Sultan gave the Queen a stallion, which is probably worth you know a million pounds. As you do. And um, a replica of the royal palace in solid gold, which is probably as big as this room. You wow. Know, huge. Oh, wow. And the Queen gave him a book. <laughs> <laughs> For context, the recording room is pretty big, by the way. So I would love to see what they've done with that particular gift. Oh, never mind that. How awkward do you think the Queen felt giving a book back after receiving that? Which one do you think she would give? Bridget Jones' diary. Fifty Shades. (laughs) (laughs) Now, moving on, there's an episode you're very keen to do in season two, Emmy, and that's Royal Ghosts. I think a Halloween special on spooky royal ghosts would be fascinating, especially when we heard Elsa's story about her experience sleeping in haunted Buckingham Palace. And it's all a bit (laughs) spooky. I remember going to bed one and waking up in the middle of the night thinking, I I really need to, to have a pee, and padding down the corridor and opening the bathroom door, and and it flushed before <laughs> I touched it. Because they always say, you know, the palaces could be a bit haunted. So it fl- And I've never run so fast back to my bedroom <laughs> in my life. I wonder what ghost it would be. Henry VIII, maybe? Maybe he thought Elsa could be his seventh wife. Uh, ghosts aside, I would actually love to stay at a royal residence. Um, and that leads me to my next question. What royal residence would you most like to stay at, Andrea? Without one single out Balmoral. Same. There is such an incredible history there. Elsa was telling us all about this amazing untouched property on the grounds of Balmoral that was actually owned by Queen Victoria. Have a listen. So I stayed in, not in the main castle, but in Queen Victoria's old schoolhouse, which is, I don't know, a minute's walk from, from the castle, right in the, sort of at the top of the house. And stored there are all the old tables and chairs, desks that Queen Victoria's children and grandchildren used to be schooled. Oh, wow. Um, and there's also there's also a property on the Balmoral estate where Queen Victoria lived when Prince Albert died. So she stayed up in Scotland for quite a long time. And when she died, it hasn't been changed at all. So there's, <gasps> there's um, 
apparently there are dressing tables with her her brushes on it. Oh um, my so God. nothing's been changed. So the royal family would never go in to the cottage, but they'd have their barbecues in the grounds of this cottage. Wow. So it hasn't been it hasn't been changed at all since her death. Well, I guess we know where Queen Victoria's I'll haunting. Start with the ghost chat. <laughs> <laughs> My favourite anecdote from Balmoral was Dickie talking about the Queen helping him to do the washing up, complete with marigolds. After lunch, HM said, "Well, we better clear up because she liked to leave things as she found them spotless." So I thought, "Well, this is your cue, Arbiter. You're the newbie on the block." <laughs> So go and start washing up. So I went into the kitchen and I started washing up. And I heard this footfall behind me. I thought, oh, how nice lady in waiting is coming to give me a hand. And I said casually over my shoulder without even turning around, said, okay, I'll wash you dry. <gasps> and there was this pause and this very thin voice said, no, I'll wash you dry. So with that, I dried my hands. HM plunged her hands, no rubber gloves. Did the washing up. I did the drying up. Amazing. Um, that was domesticity. Great, great introduction. How was the queen as a pot washer? Did you have to reject any as you <laughs> no, were drying? No, no, no. She was, she was spotless. <laughs> <laughs> I love that the queen did her own washing up. The queen isn't the only royal to do her dirty work, though. Uh, silky pivot Uh, we actually chatted to royal photographer Arthur Edwards and he said our king once told off his staff for letting him too close to the property ouch I was sent by Kelvin our editor then I was on the paper long and uh, he just bought Highgrove he said get down there and have a look at it see what's uh, I'll go down there got a big lens on my shoulder and I noticed there's a public footpath running across the bottom of his land Ideal. So I'm walking along this public footpath and all of a sudden he comes galloping up on his horse and he's really angry. There's steam coming out of his ears. He said, what are you doing on my land? I said, I'm not on your land, I'm on a public footpath. I've only been on the sun 18 months. He said, what are you doing? I said, I'm just doing my job. He said, some job. I said, well, at least I've got a job. (laughs) I meant, because I was working, you know, and I was working. Of course, he took that as an insult. Gallop hit the horse, galloped off to the house. And three days later, one of his policemen came up to me and said, what the hell happened there? I said, what? So we're all sitting in the kitchen drinking tea. The prince comes in. He's screaming at us. You're supposed to be guarding me. He said he bangs his whip on the table. All the cup, coffee cups go flying. You're supposed to be guarding me, he said, and Arthur Edwards is on my front lawn. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Arthur's such a good storyteller, isn't he? We need him back for our coronation episode. Definitely. Speaking of the coronation, we're still waiting for confirmation whether Harry and Meghan will be attending. But as you know, Andrea, our chat about the couple and their lives in Montecito was one of our most popular episodes. It was, yes. Obviously, we spoke about it just after the release of Harry's book, Spare. What a week that was. Mm. And Andrew Morton had a really interesting insight into how William might have reacted to the fallout. So do you think the obviously the, the media attention and pressure surrounding him and Meghan was really just a catalyst for something that he'd been feeling for a long, long time? Oh, uh, absolutely. I mean, you know, if, if he could have walked away from the royal family, he would have done so. I mean, uh, he was he thoroughly enjoyed his 10 years in the army. He was very uh, distressed when the location of his position was revealed by the Australian media, I think it was. And um, he would have been very happy to continue his life in the services, just as Prince Philip would have been, ironically. You know, he he uh, uh, wanted to continue his naval career and it was cut short by the death of George VI. You've got to think to yourself as well, what's going through William's mind? Because he saw in his brother someone who would uh, be his wingman, not his hitman, as it's now emerged. And um, he must feel that, you know, he's 
he's got a fair burden on his shoulder that he can no longer give to his brother or give part of it to his brother. Um, he's got th- obviously he's got three children. He's got he wants to bring them up so that he's involved in their their life as does Kate. So it just means that the the burden of responsibility is much heavier now for William than it would have been if Harry and Meghan had decided to stay inside the royal family. It's definitely a difficult situation, but it was fascinating hearing about Harry and Meghan's lives in Montecito. Actually, when we sat down with journalist Sandro Minetti, he gave us a perspective about Lilibet that I never really thought of before as California's first princess. Oh, yes. And that's even more interesting now, actually, following confirmation that, you know, Harry and Meghan want their kids to use their titles on formal occasions. Ah, yes. Prince Archie and Princess Lilibet. Oh, I love. Cute. I love how it sounds. Trust me, when Lilibet comes of age, she is going to be the most famous person in California, if not America, because... She's the only princess ever born in California. So just imagine a 21-year-old Lilibet. She is going to be the Ooh. biggest celebrity in town. You know, I'm sure. Will will she date a Kardashian child? You know, there oh, is... Oh, God, no. What else? I mean, we talked a lot about royal flights going wrong. And poor Chris Jackson had a great story about how he still teased for his reaction to that terrifying flight he went on with Prince William and Princess Kate in Pakistan. Ooh, it sounds dangerous to travel with the royals. We had a particularly hair-raising moment on a flight in Pakistan. A huge storm came in at the last minute. We're trying to land in Lahore. And we're obviously on a schedule, you know. The royals have engagements the next day. And so it's quite important to them that they can lamb land back in Islamabad for the evening engagements. This huge storm, all commercial flights had been diverted and we're trying to land this storm. It was literally like being in a washing machine. Oh my god. And I oh, and every time we sort of plunged down into the storm, yeah, I, I mean that's the only way to describe it. And uh even some of the most hardened royal travellers were looking very nervous. It was very unfortunate for me because I had a, a, someone behind me who decided to sort of make a video of this moment and put, and put it on social media and it had my bald patch and me looking very worried i look out the window just looking i'm like hold my knuckles are white there have been some shocking airplane stories from our guests dickie also opened up about traveling with diana when their plane took a dip at the end of the day we got back on the aircraft um and flew to sao paulo which was going to be the next stop and we hit a rainstorm and my god what is it was it a rainstorm we dropped 10,000 feet. The plane just went... Oh, my vroom, God. 10,000 feet. And <sighs> Diana laughed. I looked at her and I sort of rolled my eyes because we had the head of royalty protection with us who sort of clung to his seat. And, and as we were going down, he looked out the window and said, it's a long way up, isn't it? Which was a bit God. daft. I have a feeling you wouldn't laugh if that happened to you, Emmy. Well, you neither. <laughs> no. Things have definitely gone wrong over the years for royals on tour, but apparently they like it. Well, everyone loves drama, don't they? True. Yeah. Now, Elsa was telling us that they prefer it when things go wrong, since people go to such trouble to make everything perfect. Makes a nice change. Mm. It's often said that the Queen and members of the family really enjoy it when things go a bit wrong. Yeah. On engagements. Yeah. Is that true? Is Absolutely. Is that something you saw? Absolutely. <laughs> so if you do a plaque unveiling and the curtain would fall off, you know, or the plaque would be unveiled and there was a spelling mistake in it you know they would always think you this is great you know (laughs) because they are used to people you know striving for perfection so when you know the, the muck hits the fan they take massive delight in it i remember i didn't go on this engagement but the queen and and prince philip were in canada and 
the Canadians had arranged for them to go on a boat across the ice, across his lake, <laughs> and the boat broke, and they were basically stranded in the middle of his <laughs> lake oh, in the freezing God. cold in Canada until a sort of substitute boat could be could be brought up, and they loved it. You know, it was just because it was. They unexpected. basically like to see people panic, is what I <laughs> <laughs> sweat <laughs> like. Of course, for the big moments, they do go to a lot of trouble to make sure that everything is perfect. Like for the upcoming coronation, Charles isn't going to take any chances with his big day. Mm, Good luck with that. (laughs) Apparently, he's even practiced putting on his crown, as Majesty magazine editor Joe Little told us in our coronation predictions episode. They are both very heavy, so the Queen practiced for quite some time wearing St Edward's crown and and also the Imperial State crown because of the weight. And um, St Edward's crown is only used for the coronation, so it's a once in a in a rain uh, moment but so she had to practice with it and I think Prince Charles has memories of her wearing the oh. crown at home to get used to having it on her head and of course it wouldn't be on her head for very long but yeah. uh, nevertheless you have to move around and, and maintain your balance and and not have it topple because that yeah, wouldn't. Yeah. So. I'm envisioning some wild scenes of Charles at home with Camilla just wearing. The- I was going to say, has he? <laughs> do you think he's been practicing? I'd be amazed if he if he didn't. You know that we're told that there's um, a mock abbey set up in Buckingham Palace. Oh now. my God! So, stop so in so the ballroom. Oh the the, the ceremony. They'd have to. They did that for the Queen, but the Queen did go to Westminster Abbey as well for for various rehearsals. Well, we're coming to the end of our best moments, but of course we can wrap up without chatting about our. Best very own hello royal editor emily nash she has been such a wealth of knowledge over all of our episodes so far and has answered so many questions Uh, especially from you (laughs) (laughs) what are these memos sorry for the listeners who might not know and for me uh what is this stone of destiny so what's that but why would she faint how do you mean peers sorry well i'm happy to entertain uh not all of us have a wealth of knowledge andrea Oh, but you can't have it all, Emmy. You can't have it all. No. Now, sadly, Emily is not here with us because she's on a royal tour. Well, I hope she's doing a pub quiz with the king, as obviously we know she's already done one with Prince Harry. In a very memorable moment of the podcast, she told us all about it. Have a listen. We ended up doing a pub quiz against him and his security Amazing. team. Amazing. Who um, won? Well, that is a hotly contested oh. debate <laughs> because according to the pub quiz host... He and the cops won. Um, the journalists are not convinced to this day. <laughs> but, you know, we, 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 wanted what was the prize? To, we wanted to keep our host sweet. Uh, I don't think there was a prize uh, other, just than, for fun. other than totally gloating, you know, over, yeah, the yeah. Other, over the other group. Well, sadly, this episode is coming to an end. So it's time to pull back the curtain on our recordings. While the edit may flow smoothly, there have been a lot of hilarious blooper moments over the past months. Most notably that you can't go off script, Andrea. Nope. Well, I can't read a script. Do you mean that I can't ad-lib? That's exactly what I'm saying. That's what you want to tell our, our listeners, right? <laughs> that's yes. what you've been picking me on all season. Picking me on No, that's is not... an ample example there. No, what is it? No, this is good. Picking on... No! Yeah, right. Do you see what I mean? Picking... No, no, no. Can the listeners no. hear? No, is my... I need to ask my producer, are you going to edit this out? She's not going to edit this out. Okay, I'm just going to continue. Um, <laughs> clearly, you know, there's. Uh, this is a definitive proof that she deserves a pay rise of our producer. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Wait, now what do I do? Hello... And welcome to the Rap Royal Podcast with me, Emmy. And me, Andrea. (laughs) (laughs) Surprisingly! (laughs) 
Surprisingly. Yeah. Okay. Why did you do that massive sigh? <laughs> I, like I'm pretending that I don't want to do it. I'll do it again. Okay. God, that was that was my admin. <laughs> okay. That was my literally one admin, and no one likes it. Whatever. Okay. I'm, <laughs> stop. No serious now. <laughs> very special episode we're going to be looking back over the series to our favorite moments the most interesting sides we've had real prosecutory stuff photographers and even charles and diana's oh, very young chef don't give up <laughs> cut it out you're so bad at ad-libbing i know it's incredible <laughs> i'm gonna ask for ad-libbing christmas okay right okay. Cool. <laughs> stop laughing into the microphone let me do my bit okay Bye. <laughs> Stop! You can't do it! I can't do it! She has the bit of right here. Oh my god. an amazing talent. <laughs> I can't be good at everything. Literally. I have to be one person. Bad can't be good. Yeah, can't, exactly. One I can't have it all. I can't have it all. And that is everything from us. Did we miss your favourite moment? If so, get in touch and let us know. We'll be back with our coronation special very soon. In the meantime, catch more from Hello with our news and entertainment show, The Daily Lowdown, available on Spotify, Apple, and wherever you get your podcasts. Very well read. Thank you. Bye. Bye.